Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. Well, we uh, are in our series, Our God of Abundance. Has this been a great series or what? Well, you're coming back, so I'm uh, thinking that you're getting something out of it. So uh, I'm very glad about that. So let's go take our Bibles, and we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3. In verse 20, we're going to do a little, just a little bit of review from last week, and then we'll get into some new things tonight. Um, if you don't have your Bible, you can always look at the uh, WSV, the widescreen version. It says, now to him who, now this is the amplified version here, now to him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able, say God is able. To carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all. That's a bit excessive, isn't it? Far above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You know why he's saying that? So that you will never pray puny little prayers. He's, way, he's able to go infinitely beyond, super abounding, so pray big. Pray limitless kind of prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so remember what we talked about last week. Any time that you see in the scriptures, a scripture like this where it says that God is able, you also must understand that when it says he's able, it is also saying he's willing. All right? Because there's this problem in the body of Christ where people don't have any, they don't have any trouble believing in the ability of God. It's the willingness of God that they have trouble with. All right? And so we have to remember, if God is able, then he's willing. It's no, it doesn't do us any good if we only know that God is able. That's, that's half the story, right? That's part of the, but, but what good would it do for us to just know that he's powerful and he's able? And we need to know that he is willing to use that power and ability to help us, right? To intervene into our lives, intervene into our situation, and to <clears throat> help I like a supernatural intervention in the natural course of life. I don't know about you, huh? We need that. We need his supernatural intervention. So uh, we talked about that last week. And this, this scripture, I love this. The word for uh, in, in the New King James, it says, and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. The word exceedingly is hyper. <laughs> ah, I love that word because I'm a hyper grace preacher who believes in a and having hyper faith in a God who has hyper ability, because I was a hyper sinner, therefore I needed hyper grace. Hyper, for all of you legalistic preachers who hate hyper grace, there it is in the scripture, hyper. Okay, got to preach the Bible. Amen, abundantly. Watch, the point uh, whence action or motion proceeds from or out of place, time, or cause. All right? A hyper procession. So it means exceedingly is hyper, abundantly, and then above means hyper. All right? So what it means is God is able to do hyper, abundantly, hyper. Wow. Isn't that glorious? And then, if he, and then uh, 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 what is it called? Hebrews. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, 
without faith, it's impossible to please God or impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. All right, first of all, we have to acknowledge that there is a God. And in, and in admitting and confessing and believing that there is a God, we also believe that because he's God, he has ability, he has power, right? He's all supreme. And we acknowledge that in saying that he is God, that he really is, that there is this being out there from which everything came from. Everything that we know, everything that, and, and, and also that we are accountable to that being, yeah. right? Amen. We must believe that he is, but it doesn't stop there. And we must believe that he is a rewarder. So we not only need to believe in the ability and the existence of God, but also the rewarder factor of God. That is, he is willing. He's able and he's willing. Reward Rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And we talked about seeking him. That means to scrutinize, to, to investigate him, to search him out. He wants us to do those kinds of things. He wants to show us his abundance. He wants to show us his blessings in larger, but he wants to be sought after. He wants to be pursued. He wants us to take the time and, and put our energy and our faith into searching him out and finding out that he is absolutely truth. He is absolutely right about his problem. They are real and they are active for our lives. He wants to, you know, the, uh, uh, Tawana Bolton was telling me this the other day. She said that the promises of God are voice activated. Voice activated. All right, you want the promises of God in your life? You've got to speak those promises. Amen. Think about it. How long have radio waves been here? It took a long time for somebody to discover those things and then to utilize them, but God knew that was going to happen. There was going to be a time and a place. There was going to be a man or a woman, but I think it was a man, anyway, who, who discovered it. But they've been here. Adam didn't know, know that they were there. Maybe he knew they were there, but he didn't use them. Right? They didn't, they didn't use them for thousands of years, and yet God knew that somebody would search them out. Yeah. Somebody, how about oil? You couldn't have got here tonight in your car if oil had not been searched out. Right? Yeah. All these kinds of things. So, uh, so there's so much from God for us to learn about, and the thing that we've been talking about in our God of Abundance is his name. When he appeared to Abram, the first time the name El Shaddai, which means the, the all-sufficient supplier, the one who is able to bless you to exceed or to, to uh, uh, yeah, exceed natural law and to get the blessing to you. Yeah. And he showed us that in Abraham, who was 100 years old, and yet he was able to have a child by a wife who was 90 years old. He was able to surpass or to supersede natural law to make it happen. He says, I have the power to bless you. In Genesis 17, I am God Almighty. First time it ever appears, I am El Shaddai, right? And so Abraham, and he says, I will bless you multiple. Uh, and, and multiply you exceedingly, Abraham. So, first time he shows up as God Almighty, or Lord God Almighty, Almighty God, or God Almighty. And then he told Moses in Exodus chapter 6, remember he, told, he said, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I was God Almighty, or El Shaddai, but I was not known as Lord to them. All right? And that Lord was connected to that law which would soon come. A new dispensation, a new time under the Ten Commandments and under the law of God was up being ushered in. But it wasn't known. That wasn't known. That factor, that, that uh, aspect of God was not known to them. It was the God who will bless you. If you will believe, however much you can believe, you can have. I can show myself to you. So um, let's get into part three tonight. 
And we're going to go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Take your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Everybody good? And verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound, everybody say abound, with abundance, say abundance, of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created uh, great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded, say abounded, according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them, who's he blessing? Right? The creatures, the animals, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and fill. Say that with me. Be fruitful and multiply and fill. So it is the will of God for his created beings to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill. And fruitfulness has to do with addition. But then following right behind that is multiplication and then and then filling it up is well that's the extreme of all of it isn't it be fruitful multiply and fill God's will is for your life to have added things to it fruitfulness for your life to multiply and therefore causing others to be able to experience what you experience that is, I will bless you and, come on, finish it, you will be a blessing. Amen. All right? For your life to multiply and to cause others to be able to experience what you experience. And it is the will of God for this to become an extreme condition with you. Hallelujah. And that extreme condition is <clears throat> until your life and the world around you is full of every good thing that your life can produce through him. So this series of messages uh, on our God of abundance is, we're, we're just walking through it. We're taking our time because there's so much scripture about it. Um, and it's going to take a while because, uh, and, and I want you to just get to the place. I'm hoping to bring you to that place where you never, ever, ever, ever doubt this truth. That God, his will is to bless you with great abundance. Because he is a great God of abundance. And that you'll hear these words and hear the teachings of this message so that you'll never think any other way. That lack or, or any kind of low living and no money are in any way connected to your relationship with Almighty God. And if the Bible is true, and I'm still certain it is, that lack and low living, those cannot be of God. Yeah. All right, now let's jump down to verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1. Look at this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them. So not only now is this blessing on, on the animals, but look at this. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and, oh, you know what that just says? You are in charge. Take over. Take charge. Didn't tell the animals to take charge. Told you to take charge. All right? You have the same blessing of being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth, but you also have this other blessing, subdue the earth, have dominion. And what do you have dominion over? You have dominion over everything. You have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's why we eat meat. 
you know, seriously though, I mean, uh, that, that, this idea is, is, is being trying, uh, this, this thought is, is being ripped away from our society to think that we're all on this level. Plan. We're at the top of the food chain. Amen. Amen. We are to have dominion over these things. Hey, let me just, let's go over to Genesis 18. I was reading this the other day, just in my, my regular Bible reading, and I, I don't know, it never really dawned on me before, but I just thought this was really cool. Can we just take a break for a moment and look at something cool? Besides this. I mean, I know this is cool, but no. Genesis 18, <laughs> I'm sorry. Then the Lord appeared to him. Then the Lord, who appeared to him? Appeared to who? Good, Abraham. Okay, you're getting it. By the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. That is Abraham. Watch this. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Now, later on, as you read this chapter, this is, this is a really sad chapter because God is about to bring judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's here to figure out. Now, watch this. This is interesting. He, he has come down and shown up as a man here, and he's got these two angels with him. So they're all three men. They're walking the earth. And God says, the reason I'm here is because I, this big this cry has come up against Sodom and Gomorrah about this sin. So I'm coming here to inspect and see if what I hear up there is true down here. And then I'll know. And then I'll, and when I read that, I go, then you'll know. What do you mean? Then you're God. But we've talked about that, and that's for another time. So here he is. He shows up, and Abraham sees him. So he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw him, he ran to the tent, uh, from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Verse 3, and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Verse 4, please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by. And as much as you have come to your servant, they said, do as you have said. All right, who's this? Who are these three guys? It's the Lord and two angels, all right? So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. Verse 8, so he took butter and milk and the calf. Man, are you guys hungry? Butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they ate. Hey, 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 if it wasn't God's will for us to eat beef, why is he doing it right here? Come on, praise Jesus. I think God really likes Texas, because there's a lot of cattle here. He looks down on our state and goes, man, I remember that time I was over at Abraham's house. He made me a T-bone steak. All right, so don't let these evolutionist freaks tell you that we're only made to eat vegetables, okay? All right. See it in the Bible. Hey, God eats meat, so I can eat meat. All right. <laughs> everything that is on the earth, everything that's on the earth is made for us. All right? Not we for, not we for the earth, the earth for us. All right? There's a whole different mindset there. Not we for the earth the earth for us. Now we are here to subdue the earth, not pollute the earth, but to care for it and to eat meat. All right, Genesis chapter 6. Let's go over there for a moment. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. Now it came to pass, verse 1, 
We're just going to walk through a little Bible. Is that okay if we do that in church? We read the scriptures? Okay. Now, it came to pass when men began to multiply, watch, on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Uh, Now, this story is a very odd story. This is the beginning of the setup for the great flood to come to the earth. Uh, this event here, here where the sons of God had sexual relations with the daughters of men. So now there are all kinds of ideas about <clears throat> what this event was or what was happening here. Some say that there were angelic beings mating with women or uh, this was people of faith who began to mingle with the, the, the pagan women of the land. I, I'm not going to offer an opinion on that today because I don't really have one. It's... <laughs> Don't really care to have an opinion on that, uh, because and it's really not the subject of tonight. It simply, but it, what happened was it did. What ha- happened was it <laughs> set the world up for a really bad, bad thing to happen. Um, a judgment which came from God, where the whole world was washed away, except Noah found grace in the eyes of God, and we're all grateful for Noah today. Eight people. Noah, his wife, their three sons, and their three sons' wives. And then two of every kind of animal. Now, in some, there were some that were seven of every kind. Seven of clean animals, seven of birds. Uh, you know, God had a reason for all of that. Some of it was for sacrifice. But, um, and there, there are many who read that scripture and, and think that because of the multiplication of man, judgment came to the earth. But that's not what that scripture is teaching us, all right? Um, look, at, look at verse 5 of, of chapter 6. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. He didn't say the multiplication of man was great in the earth. The wickedness of man and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart, wow, was only evil continually. Now, you know, I, I know we've got problems in America, all right? I understand that. But folks, we're nowhere near that right there. Come on, come on. Let's give ourselves a break here. All right? The, in, the every, in, listen, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow. Now, we have to renew our minds, right? We have to renew our minds as, as believers and because now we have a new heart. We are a new creation in Christ, but this mind needs some work, and we have to be vigilant to renew our mind by continuing to look into the Word of God and believe the Word and declare God's Word so that we'll, we'll be brainwashed. We, we all need some brainwashing. We just do. We need, brains are filthy, all right? I mean, you come on. Help me out. Huh? Am I the only one? Am I, am I going to stand up here all by myself and admit that I've had some nasty thoughts go through my head. And in some of the, and I, I'm telling you, and, and it comes at the most inconvenient times, right in the middle of worship. It didn't happen tonight, just in case you're wondering. I did. None of that happened. To, it has happened before. You know, those holy moments, and all of a sudden, this, you're like, what? No, I'm not even saved. I don't, God, forgive me. Right? Chill out. All right? If, if that did not line up with what was in your heart, you're in good shape. All right, if your heart was like, no, right? But if you're like, oh, that's awesome, then, then we got problems. We got problems. 
This didn't say that it was the thoughts of their mind, my family. It was the thoughts of their heart. Whole different deal. And the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's not so much concerned about this as he is about this. Not the thoughts up here as much as he is the thoughts here. All right? Because that's what he's looking at. All of our hearts are exposed and open to God. All right, so that's, that's encouraging. Not for these guys it wasn't encouraging because it was their heart that was the problem. So the judgment was not about the multiplication of a man, but rather the multiplication of evil and wickedness in the earth. So if multiplication were the problem, then God would not have told Noah what he told him in Genesis 8. Let's look at that for just a moment. Noah, the ark has rested on Mount Ararat, and now the waters have receded enough where Noah and his family are getting up out of the ark. Then God spoke to Noah saying, verse 16, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Verse 17, watch. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may what? Abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So if multiplication was what brought the judgment, wouldn't this bring judgment again? The multiplication and prosperity and abundance was not the problem. The problem was that men began to multiply and forget God. They put their trust in their own numbers. They put their trust in their own abilities. And it is a delicate balance that one needs to keep between prosperity and trusting in prosperity, in abundance and trusting in abundance. Are you hearing me tonight? It is the will of God, absolutely, that you prosper. But it is not the will of God for you to think that you got your own money and your own stuff your own way. All right? It's not His will for you to trust in your money or to use your money to manipulate people. Hmm? It is the will of God for you as believers to have more than enough, and He wants to get it to you as well as through you. This means that He wants you and I blessed and spilling over with blessings to bless others. Now, we're going to take a trip over to the Deuteronomy chapter 8. Everybody all right? Good. I'm having fun. Oh, by the way, Heather is at a conference tonight uh, in... Cedar Hill, she and uh, my sister Jennifer and I think Kat went, they went to go see that little ball of fire by the name of Christine Kane. She stands about all 410 or so. Uh, it's a great ministry, helping rescuing girls from uh, trafficking. So they're there and she's very inspired, great preacher. So that's where she is. Deuteronomy chapter 8. In verse 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Remember your God. He is the one that gives you the power and the ability to gain wealth. All right? That He may, watch, establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers. Who's your father? As it is this day. With that, well, that's Old Testament. That, yeah, okay. 
but that promise was sworn to your father before the law came. All right? Genesis is actually excluded from Old Testament because the, the law didn't come until the book of Exodus, and that's the old covenant began there. Everything in Genesis is before. That's why a lot of those, those laws are still at work, right? As a matter of fact, in that Genesis chapter 8, he says, as long as the earth remains. Seed time and harvest. Cold and summer. Day and night. Cold and heat. Or winter and summer. Cold and heat. And seed time and harvest shall not cease. All right? We, we understand that's still alive. Did anybody eat today? All right? You ate. And some of the food that you ate was because a farmer put some seed in the ground and reaped a harvest, and you're eat, you're eat, you ate of that harvest today, right? So summer and our seed time and harvest is still in operation. All right. And you shall remember the Lord your God. Now I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The word for power here is the word koah, K-O-A-H, koah, probably koah. Koah, and it means strength, ability. But I think one of the most interesting words that are in this definition is the word chameleon. Word chameleon. Or lizard, but specifically a chameleon. He gives you chameleon or strength and ability. Now, now if we're going to really define what it's saying, let me read it like this. He gives you the ability to adapt to wealth. That's what a chameleon does. It adapts to its environment. It changes colors and looks like the thing that it is covering. So watch. So God gives you this abundance, right? And then he gives you the chameleon kind of ability, glory to God, to adapt to that abundance. So that it doesn't destroy you. No, but that it established, the covenant is established through you by him. That's good preaching. That was worth coming to church for tonight. All right? He gives you, and so that you'll always remember where it came from. And so that you'll always remember to trust in Him and never in stuff. Amen? Yeah. Just, just, just do this with me. Just say, Lord, I remember you. And one thing I remember about you right now is that you give me the power to get wealth. Since you promised it, I want that. I receive that. Establish your covenant through me. Use me for your glory. Bless me. Bless me so much that I will be a blessing to others. Let it fill me up and spill over. Be glorified in your abundance in me. And on me, and I receive it without hesitation in Jesus' name. Glory to God. That's good. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of prequel to where we're going next week, and then we'll close it up tonight. Go to John chapter 10. I want you to think about this as we leave here tonight. I hope this has blessed you and encouraged you, challenged you, maybe corrected some things, and, and brought your expectation level up just one more notch tonight, huh?
Because who he reveals himself to be is who he wants to be for you. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. What that's saying is he is not your friend. All right? Don't make friends with the thief. All right? It's going to go really bad. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, I want to stop for just a moment because there's a bit of a problem in this verse of Scripture. There's a word that was not originally there that the translators put it there, and I think they made a major mistake in putting it there. All right? And it's that last line, and that they may have it more abundantly. The word it, if you look in your Bible, is italicized. It's italicized. Okay? So let's read it without the it there. I have come that they may have life and that they have more abundantly. What Jesus is showing us here is that he is the antithesis to the MO of the thief. What's his MO? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, I came that you may have life. Well, that fixes the killing and the destroying, doesn't it? And that you may have more abundantly. Well, that fixes the stealing. That which is robbed from you, I'm going to take it all the way to the other extreme. You're not just going to get to keep stuff from being robbed. No, I'm going to take you all the way over to abundance. All right? I'm going to take you from lack and from robbery to all the way over to abundance. All right? I'm going to take you from death and destruction into life. Isn't this good? All right, so, so it's, it's not about him giving you life and then a whole bunch more life and then a whole bunch more life. All right, this is about giving you life and that you may have more abundantly. Wow. So that's just, we're just cracking open the door here for where we're going Going next week, we're going to get into the ministry of Jesus and how he said that I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to do. I only say what he says to do and only do what he says to do. All right? So Jesus, when he came, he expressed to us, he was the express image, is the express image of God, and he came and showed us what God's will has been all along for us. All right? And Jesus did multiple miracles of abundance. And we're going to walk through these things so that we can continue to capture the heart of God toward his people. That even today, as he was to Abraham, El Shaddai, he is that today for you and I. All right? So it's us opening up our hearts to explore more and more this aspect of our God. How many of you know that he's your Savior? You believe that. Yeah. Huh? Aren't you, aren't you glad that he was the God of abundance when it, come, when it came to grace? Yes. Yeah. That the sins, our sins were abundant, but aren't you glad that his grace was more abundant? Huh? And that he is so abundant that only he is able to justify the ungodly. Now that blows my mind. The scripture says he justifies the ungodly. It's easy for us to justify somebody that's godly. That's a simple thing. If you do something right, 
right? You're innocent, and charges have been brought against you. Well, yeah, I, I know you too long to know you're not totally innocent, but yeah. we've known each other since we were boys. But if you have, you're innocent of charges that are brought against you, and the evidence comes out that you're innocent, well, all of us are going to say, well, yeah, he's justified because he didn't do the crime. But God's grace doesn't work like that. He comes to us and says, I justify the ungodly. Wow. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive. Wow. That's abundance. Right? And then the fact that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. He showed us that healing is evident in abundance. All right? And in every way, he is abundant. So in this area of blessing you and prospering you uh, in, in every way, but even in the material things, it's okay that he blesses you in the material things because you have to live in a material world. All right? Amen. Uh, thank you. But you know what? I'm going to leave you with this tonight. Because this just paid for what I'm about to say. Thank you. It, it, I think this goes right along with the message. Uh, my friend Lynn Brown sent this to me today. So that we can always remember where the stuff comes from. Who gives us this ability? And Lynn said, I consider myself successful. I was born with nothing, and I still have most of it. <laughs> Go give Lynn that dollar. I don't deserve that. Go give that to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together tonight. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.